This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, let's continue here, folks. Again, we're at expose-news.com. It goes on to say, sharing of transactional data was further emphasized by Her Majesty Queen Maxima of the Netherlands. In her opening remarks, she said, quote, a good design of CBDC could give people more control of their transactional data and their ability to share it with a wider set of financial sector providers, end quote. Most recently, according to Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, CBDCs won't be anonymous and will be identity verified. So their transactions will be made public, supposedly, to these third parties. And uh, folks, are you going to start sending your DNA profiles over to Elon Musk at Twitter to get your blue check mark? Oh, they want to identify you as a human, folks. This is all playing in. This is all part of the same system, ladies and gentlemen. It's all part of the technocracy. Goes on to say, as well as programmability, another potential downside to having a CBDC is that, like China, the global West can shut off your digital wallet if you protest or speak negatively about the global elites, as was the case recently in China. The authorities' response to any civil disobedience can be swift and broad. Globalists want centralized control and dominance structures where everything is tracked and surveilled instead of a decentralized and private system of digital money and identity. I don't want a uh, decentralized and private system of digital money and identity. Uh, Anything that involves digital leads to centralized control, leads to a slave plantation, leads to the matrix. You see what the supposed decentralized system of Bitcoin has brought us to. Now you're supposed to believe that the central bank looked at their business model and thought it was pretty cool. And now they're going to harness it and take control. Technology is the enemy, ladies and gentlemen, and soon, soon, we're going to get back to that and covering the 1995 paper that I started back in episode 10, Industrial Society and Its Future. I think we've covered enough technocracy and transhumanism to roll that paper back out because you're going to appreciate it much more now that we have uh, deep dived into so much of this other stuff goes on to say they're not joking the parameters they set for cbdc digital currency will nudge our behaviors through social scoring to control society and there's a side note here it says let's not forget that earlier this year at the world government summit aptly titled quote a new world order end quote the economist 
Pipa Malgren dropped the beans saying that, quote, we are on the brink of a dramatic change. We are about to abandon the traditional system of money and replace it with a new one, digital blockchain CBDC, which will give us greater clarity over every single transaction, end quote. That's right. Every single transaction would be made available to the central banks and their private uh, service providers for this credit scoring great piece i thought it was fantastic folks and uh, i think it helps sum up a lot of what we've been talking about here and we are going to review in detail this imf discussion i have about four videos that we need to analyze over the coming week and that's going to include uh, international monetary fund bank for international settlements world economic forum and the united nations we're going to be going through that stuff and pulling out as many nuggets as we can as we try to understand Uh, the full scope of CBDC and when it's actually coming, ladies and gentlemen, and what the hell we're going to do about it. We have to start talking about solutions, but I have to lay a little bit more of the foundation first before we discuss that. All right, right now I have up. This is going back to August 2020, and this is at decrypt.co, right? That's owned by Consensus, owned by Joe Lubin, former partners with Vitalak Buterin, funded by Peter Thiel to develop Ethereum. See, that's the chain. (laughs) That's the chain of command there. It says, uh, blockchain now powers parts of China's social credit system. All right, now remember, Decrypt covers all this Web3 metaverse blockchain technology. It says, data sharing of social credit score across provinces is now possible thanks to Remin Chain. That's R-E-M-I-N space chain, C-H-A-I-N, Remin Chain, a permission blockchain product from Hangzhou's hyperchain technology. And it says, in brief, China's social score, uh, credit course, uh, credit system is getting an upgrade thanks to blockchain. Right now, the system is siloed along provincial borders, meaning data is not transferred when someone moves from province to province. While many perceive blockchain to be a tool for popular liberation, it's being used in China to increase state monitoring of individuals. Now, it says while many perceive blockchain to be a tool for popular liberation, well, those many are idiots. Folks, blockchain is not in any way whatsoever about freedom or liberation. They made people believe through propaganda, through brainwashing, through mind control. Here in the United States, it was people coming out of the so-called libertarian movement saying that blockchain and cryptocurrencies were going to free us from the government. We're going to bring us more freedom, more liberty. How is anything that operates on the freaking internet that you need to access through your smartphone or through a chip in your hand or through a brain chip screwed into the back of your head bringing you liberty and freedom? Liberty and freedom is living out on 25 acres in West Virginia in a cabin where you hunt deer and grow your own food and you don't interact with anyone else. You don't have to rely on anyone for anything. That is true freedom. Do you know how many middlemen are between you and that loaf of bread at the grocery store in today's current system and how many middlemen will be involved when it turns to CBDC? 
when we move into a full technique, when the government, the central bank, the commercial bank, the regulated non-bank, when Visa, when MasterCard, when the government, when all these people can control how much that loaf of bread is for you in real time and whether or not you are or are not allowed to buy it. No, this is ridiculous. There's no liberation in technology. Technology enslaves people. It goes on to say the public opinion monitoring arm of China's social credit system is getting an upgrade that will allow it to share data across platforms and provinces using blockchain technology. According to a report from state-run media, quote, Remenchain, end quote, from Hangzhou's hyperchain technology will be integrated into the People's Daily Online Public Opinion Monitoring Center. The People's Daily Online Public Opinion Monitoring Center. All right. The government apparatchik responsible for monitoring and analyzing every comment made online by China's 800 million uh, netizens. As the name implies, the center is run by People's Daily, one of the mouthpieces of the Communist Party. So this is Decrypt.co, owned by Consensus run by Joe Lubin talking about this. And you will see tomorrow uh, all the blockchain projects that they are running out of consensus on behalf of various world governments. It goes on to say China's social credit system is a complicated leviathan. On one hand, it's not exactly the Black Mirror-esque, quote, Big Brother, end quote, Orwellian system that everyone imagines. On the other hand, it does attach a real ID to everyone's online handle so that the social media users with a history of, quote, problematic, end quote, comments can be identified and dealt with. All right, so what have I told you before about the idea of the metaverse and then the idea of this prison planet slave world, physical world we live in? It's going to be connected. Everyone is going to have a digital twin. That's your digital ID, your real ID. So everything that you do online is connected to you. That's the whole point. So you're tracked all over the place. You have a digital version of you, and you have you. You already do. Everything you're doing online is tracked anyway. You have a digital footprint. They're just going to uh, make it more, um, you know, they're going to make it more real, and they're going to tell you about it rather than being sort of abstract and in the shadows right now. Goes on to say, up until now, there hasn't been a nationwide, quote, social credit, end quote, scoring system that ties online comments to a credit bureau like SCORE that dictates the ability of people to access real financial credit. Instead, most of this system is run at the uh, provincial level on separate platforms built by different tech companies. The provinces track everything from local infractions, parking tickets, and payment history on rent and debt, along with online comments as a way of generating a score. In theory, scoff laws and political dissidents can hop from province to province for a fresh start. Remin Chain's, quote, super ID, end quote, system will curb that. The platform proposes to break down these silos and provide a national system for tracking social credit. Now, everything that's going on there in China, folks, is the test case for what's going to be the world system. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. Under President Richard Nixon and advisor Henry Kissinger, you know, we started moving 
all of our manufacturing over to China. You know, Bill Clinton really finished the job. So we've been sending everything to China for a long time, folks. They're not our enemy. They're our puppet. Give me a break. We're building this social credit system over there for the last 10 years because that's going to be, that is the test pilot. That's the beta test for what's going to be rolled out at the international level. It goes on to say, the company also proposes to use this data to enhance the ability of small and medium-sized enterprises, which are often ignored by lenders, to build up trust and access credit at a lower rate. Goes on to say, enterprise software researchers, Gartner, believe using blockchain to build bridges across data silos will unlock a lot of value and increase overall data quality. But blockchain also has been a pretty effective tool for the Communist Party to increase the efficiency of its surveillance powers. Authorities in Beijing have provided startups with accelerator funding and tech uh, incumbents with subsidies to develop technology to do just that. Yeah, well, we're over there helping build it too. How many U.S. companies are in bed with China helping build this stuff? We could do a thousand episodes on that. While many see blockchain as a tool for mass liberation in China, it is enhancing the powers of the state to engage in, quote, mass surveillance and social control, end quote. Yeah, folks. Yeah, while many see blockchain as a tool for mass liberation, you're out of your mind, It's called a chain, chains of slavery, the block chain, concrete block on the ground, chained to you, to your legs, and you get thrown in the ocean, and you drown to death. That's the block chain, ladies and gentlemen. You are chained to it, chained to the block via your digital ID. Everything is tracked, everything is surveilled, and you are scored. 24-7, 365, and then your CBDC money will be programmed in real time by artificial intelligence algorithms. And that's it, folks. When you get deemed for assassination, they just turn your wallet off. If they want to mess with you, you can only buy certain things today and only buy them from certain people. Sorry, Dustin. You can't shop at Farmer Carol. You can only buy food from Amazon.com. You see how that works? That is what we're moving into, folks. That is what is going on here. And so I'm going to start looking into consensus and see how much they had to do with China's blockchain because I have a funny feeling, a sneaking suspicion that that is what is going on. Folks, when we get back, let's talk about programmable money just to make sure you fully understand that concept before we move on in the coming episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Folks, that turkey soup, I have it cooking upstairs. Man, it smells amazing, ladies and gentlemen. I got all kinds of stuff in that pot. I've got everything in there plus the kitchen sink, folks. It's uh, going to be delicious. All right. Let's take a look at this. Um, I kind of want to wrap up uh, 
on everything we've been talking about. So tomorrow I could really focus on consensus. We can look at those projects. I'm going to spend one episode on consensus. That is it. And then we're going to move on to the panel discussions because I want to get through this before Wide Awake Jim comes back on so we can tie in a lot of the research we did to what he's finding, and we can hopefully start to put together some timelines and when the rollout of CBDC is going to be coming, um, you know, on, on to basically this uh, retail level here in the United States. That's what I'm really interested in at this point. All right, it goes on here. Uh, we're at blogs.worldbank.org. So we're on the World Bank website. And this is an article from November uh, 2nd, 2022. So just a month ago. This is Expiring Money Part One. And this is by Biagio Bosani and Ahmed Faragala. All right, it says here in October 2020, Shenzhen's Luau district announced the distribution of 10 million digital yen. 200 digital yen, which is equivalent to 30 U.S. dollars, to about 50,000 people. Now, it's interesting because Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays, sent me some articles about some test case UBI, universal basic income, that have been going out here in the United States. Various counties and various states are testing universal basic income. Uh, with small amounts of people like this, say like 50,000 people. So we'll get into that soon as well. And we're also going to talk about the uh, labor shortage issue. Actually, I do have to cover the labor shortage issue at the beginning of tomorrow's show. It's very important. All right, it goes on to say lucky winners could spend their money at designated shops in Luau between October 12th and 18th, 2020. A similar announcement happened in Shenzhen, where registered citizens would receive their money on January 11, 2021, and would need to spend it before January 17, 2021. Expiring money, one whose value falls to zero after a specific date, is a potential monetary policy tool. Quote, programmability, end quote, a technical feature made possible by digitalization can accelerate decisions to spend it, making it a very effective means for stimulating consumption. This could be very useful for central banks and governments distributing aid to people during severe recessions or events like pandemics or calamities when higher uncertainty makes people spend less. You got that, folks. So you create the problem, provoke reaction, and then you offer solutions. And so just like getting your stimulus check, you think it was just about Trump being nice and sending you a stimulus check. Folks, they provoked the problem. They created the problem. They provoked the reaction. Then they offered you the solution, which was the solution. You were always going to get the stimulus check. That was always part of the game. That was part of the psychological operation being run goes on to say, programmable money is smart money. Features of programmable money go beyond expiration. Digital money can be programmed for a predefined purpose. For example, transfer of ownership, transfer of value, redemption, and so forth. At certain dates or at the occurrence of certain contingencies, as explained by the United States Federal Reserve's Alexandra Lee 2021 and the Deutsche uh, Bundesbank. All right, I have this Federal Reserve document, actually, and I decided not to uh, go through it on today's show because it's a little bit complicated, a little bit too techy. If it gets too techy, I'm afraid you're going to get too bored with it. And I want you guys to really understand this, so I don't want to bore you. 
goes on to say programmability could be applied to digital cash for all kinds of purposes, including to pay a positive interest rate or charge a negative interest rate on cash, to set conditions for the transfer of money to specific types of users or types of goods and services. Hear that? To set conditions for the transfer of money to specific types of users or types of goods and services. Next, to automate the transfer of specific values, such as tax payments for each purchase from a merchant, or to ban certain users from access to cash in a way similar to blacklisting. (laughs) This is great. Thank you, World Bank. Thank you, World Bank. Hear that one again. To automate the transfer of specific values, such as tax payments, for each purchase from a merchant. Of course, the governments have to be able to program this in to pull their tax dollars out, folks. They need a cut of everything. Or to ban certain users from access to cash in a way similar to blacklisting. Oh, oh, oh. How the story goes. It says it can facilitate pay per use, for example, for automated payment of rented items. Well, we know there'll be a lot of rented items inside of the Technate. That goes all the way back to the 1920s. It goes on to say it could facilitate so-called Internet of Things payments where, quote, smart, end quote, machines make buying orders and authorized payments when needed. For example, refrigerator could automatically order milk from a grocery store when running low, or a printer tracking toner usage could buy it via Amazon once it reaches a certain level. Digital money could be programmed to settle payments between systems that are exchanging currency, where a payment from one system in a specific currency is conditioned of another payment from the other system in a different currency. In all such cases, payments or transfers of value would be triggered based on preset conditions handled under, quote, smart contracts, end quote. These are computer programs or transaction protocols that are intended to execute automatically to control or document legally relevant events and actions according to the terms of a contract or agreement. Smart contracts remove the need for trusted intermediators and uh, arbitrations, reduce enforcement costs and fraud losses, and lower the risk of malicious or accidental exceptions. Programmable money could eventually allow for far-reaching scenarios where the government limits access to scarce resources, applying dynamic fees on the use of, say, electricity or tolled roads based on their usage or carbon emission measurements and attaching pay-per-use systems to houses and cars as discussed by Casey 2020. You got that? How about as discussed by Technocracy Incorporated between 1919 and 1970? All right, because all this stuff was already laid out a long time ago. We covered it all here at the Dust and Gold Standard, folks. But you see what's going on? Look at that one. Money could eventually allow for far-reaching scenarios where the government limits access to scarce resources. And that's what I told you. I told you if they want to stop the manufacturer from creating uh, ammunition, they will just stop his central bank digital currency from being able to buy the raw materials needed to create the ammunition. This goes on to say programming the expiration of money. These are all interesting curiosities, but could expiring money really work? 
expiring money would increase both the velocity of money and overall economic activity, similar to applying a negative rate to digital cash. In practice, a carrying fee on money would encourage people to spend it and thus prevent it from being hoarded. For notes to keep their face value, Silvio Jessel, an economist writing about money in the early 20th century, proposed a stamp that would be fixed on it weekly and be paid for by the holder. The periodic fee would make money costly to hold and would thus pressure people to spend it quickly. The proposal was successfully implemented during the depression of the 1930s in the city of Wargel, Austria, where the depreciating money pushed people to get rid of it by exchanging it in the markets for goods, and this soon brought the local economy back to prosperity. But you know what that's all about, folks. That's not about driving the economy. It's about stopping you from being able to save and build wealth. It's quite apparent. It was talked about in the Technocracy Incorporated documents. That's what it is. You are not allowed to build wealth. If the government distributes CBDC currency to you for Social Security, disability, welfare, whatever, and you have to spend it, That means you can't save it. If you get a stimulus check that says it expires at the end of the month, you can't save it. You have to spend it. And then they can make that happen with the payments that start coming from your boss, from work. That Let's say that money is only at $50,000 a year you make is only good for that year. And it expires one year after you get it. So you get your paycheck for $1,500 or $1,000 or $800, whatever it may be, and that money expires in 365 days, meaning you cannot save. Now, you can possibly hoard some goods, but they're going to turn most of this system into a rental-based system, and the food that is all genetically modified will have an expiration date as well as it does today, but they will make sure that you can't, there will be ways that you can't can it, you can't jar it. I mean, they can manipulate everything with the Frankenstein technology they have. It goes on to say, in the case of expiring money, the penalty for holding it would be even more radical. The money would keep its full value for a predetermined interval after issuance and would decline in value from then onwards. This form of programmable money would set in motion a sequence of spending decisions, since no holder would have reasons to hold it beyond expiration and would thus raise aggregate demand permanently, all else being equal. For this money to be acceptable, however, the expiration mechanism should be designed on a, quote, resettable timer, end quote, basis, so that while the interval to expiration is fixed for each holder, the clock is set back to zero anytime money passes hands. All right, so that means I have a $10 bill that expires in one minute, I hand it to you, and it resets to 365 days. And that can all be done in this digital space. All right, this would give its new holders the full-time interval before the new expiration date sets. An automated alert system could advise holders of the approaching expiration dates. Imagine your phone going off. You have to spend that $3 by noon. Expiring money acts differently than quantitative easing, through which central banks stimulate economic activity by purchasing securities and driving interest rates down. Expiring money would not act indirectly on aggregate demand via the portfolio rebalancing 
or the neutral real rate of interest channel discussed by the Bank of England's uh, Jerton Vingle in 2021 and would rather impact spending decisions directly by generating a positive wealth effect. The wealth effect would be compounded by the certainty that the additional wealth would vanish if it were unspent before expiration. See that? You cannot build wealth in this system. goes on to say, in our next post, we'll explore some drawbacks to expiring money, but also the policy objectives that could motivate its use. So we're going to look for this. I wasn't able to find it today. I'm going to look for this article because I do want to finish covering this. I think it's very important you understand the idea now between pro, uh, behind programmable money, which is a key feature of the central bank digital currency, folks. As you can see the technocracy is here it is advancing quickly it is all around us it is the culture it is the culture because the people that sit at the top of the food chain and the technocrats the scientists the engineers the technologists the economists and others that are working to build this system were brought up inside of the culture. This is what they learned at the respective colleges and universities that they went to. They are only implementing a system that was put into place 100 years ago. They're further driving the system forward. It is a system of total control. It is a digital plantation. It is a slave state. It is the matrix, ladies and gentlemen. That is what we are moving into, whether you're living in the physical world or you're going to live inside the metaverse via your VR headset, your AR headset, your brain chip, or whatever. Everything will be connected. You will be tracked. You will be surveilled. And you will be penalized if you do not follow the rules. They will turn off your wallet. They will stop you from being able to purchase. That is how you will be marked, ladies and gentlemen. When they mark you as a defector, when they mark you as someone standing up to the state, they will punish you. They need no guns any longer folks they only need central bank digital currency a programmable form of money ladies and gentlemen when i get back tomorrow we'll get into consensus and try to wrap up some of these loose ends i'm dustin gold with the dustin gold standard and i'm going to eat some turkey soup and a fresh loaf of bread thank you for joining us right here on pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.